Run and sip in Napa Valley this summer. The inaugural Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler happens July 16 and features a post-race wine celebration like no other. Save $15 off registration with code AMR15 at wineshinehalfmarathon.org. Get luxury, high-performance cosmetics that highlight your best features. For every purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help a woman thrive. Go to thrivecosmetics.com slash AMR for 15% off your first order. Thanks to Dipsy for its continued support of Another Mother Runner. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories. If you're looking to heat things up, there's a story waiting for you. Get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Ellison Weist. Hello, Ellison. Hey, Sarah. You missed the snowstorm yesterday on April 11th in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> I saw pictures of it and I was like, wait a minute, are, are people doing one of those, you know, looking back? Nope. Nope. Gosh. So, yes, the latest recorded snow since they started keeping records 82 years ago. Yeah, Um, craziness. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. and it was a heavy snow. So, a lot of people lost their power because we have, you know, a lot of trees have leaves on them now. And so, those all, all those dear little new leaves hold snow, making it, you know, heavier than if it's bare branches. Um, so lots of branches down and, oh my gosh. And it just, you know, that just last June, our plants were getting fried in 114 degree heat. So as I'm out there, like shaking, you know, the little bushes off so that they can stand up straight. I'm like, come on guys, you can do it. I'm like hydrangea I know just a little while ago you were getting burned up but yeah. I'm trying yeah. to save you from snow so oh oh my goodness so yeah so you, you moved just in time to miss yes the- <laughs> I did miss the forest fires and everything yeah the cataclysms that yeah. are coming toward Portland yeah went oh. right into the uh, red ant Oh, my God. Fire ants. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll talk about those another time. But there. Boy. Yeah. I remember I worked at my very first job out of college. I worked with a woman who grew up in Austin, Texas, and she was a big cyclist. And this was in San Francisco. And she told me about when she lived in Texas and when she got into like a really bad bike accident. But she Mm. had to pick herself off the pavement because the fire ants just descended on her. Yes. And I was like, oh, adding literal insult to injury. Seriously. And they're not something to mess around with. The interesting thing is they were not here when I was a kid. (gasps) And so I spoke with a man who works for the forest industry farther and farther up in the upstate of South Carolina. And I said, when did these come around? And he said, we started seeing them in the early to mid nineties. Invasive species. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm, 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 mm. Yep. Oh my goodness. Well, if, um, no one could guess, but this ish episode is all about the Boston Marathon, which Yay! Uh, yeah, I know, which as we record this is happening next Monday, April 18, 2022. So Ellison, both you and I have run Boston Marathon um, a few times. So I say, let's talk, you and me talk about standout memories we have from Boston and then maybe move on to any regrets we have. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, I don't know, Peggy, maybe I was listening to Peggy Lee or something. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Um, All right, you go first. Oh, um, well, for me, I I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, standout memory is most definitely the first time going down Boylston toward the finish line. Yes. I mean, just talk about feeling like a rock star and... I don't know, the president and Miss America all rolled into one. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it doesn't matter where you are in the pack. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. sometimes I think it's better to be a lighter because more beer has been consumed. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is, it's, 
uh, I, I'm with you on that one. It's just both times that I ran it, I felt the same way. Oh, just, yeah, just the energy and the, I, I'm gonna make up a word, the ebulliation of it all. <laughs> You know? <laughs> okay, that's better than Peggy Lee. <laughs> oh my goodness! So such joy, absolute delight, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. How about you? A another standout? I think um, one of my favorite standouts about that was the first time that I ran it. I ran it with you know Monica, my mm -hmm. my best BFF, and best running friend uh -huh. think of those uh, letters but anyway <laughs> um she was probably about in marathon she was usually about you know seven or eight minutes faster than me sometimes more mm -hmm. and when we got off the bus uh to get to the staging area she said to me we're going to run this together mm. and i said what and she said nope i want us it's our first boston i want us to run it together and wow. um, I kept insisting, you know, because we were not the type that stuck, you know, we were oh. always like, you just go your own way, no hard yeah. feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was a good memory, oh. but that kind of leads a little bit into my regret. Uh, mm -hmm. The second time I ran it, uh, I uh, ran into somebody I knew at about, probably at about the 20 mile mark mm -hmm. and she was struggling. Oh, and um, I ran with her a lot longer than I should have before mm. I finally, you know, took off. She was telling me she was struggling. Mm. And I wish now that I had, you know, not done a see ya, but sort of just said, OK, you know, mm -hmm. thinking of you hang in there mm -hmm. um, because I, I I could tell I had a lot more in the tank. Mm. Um, and I, I guess, I guess we parted ways at about probably the 25 mile. Oh, mark. geez. Oh, so yeah. you stuck with her for a significant amount of time. Yeah. Several miles. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Probably more like three or four. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know if that makes me look <laughs> bad. No, you, you know, but. you know, the thing I, I, hearing you tell that, that tale, I just think right on woman, because I think think we as women need to yes to feel good about putting the hammer down if if we got it in us do it you know I, yes we're all about supporting each other but let's go out and have the best day that we can and you know not push people out of the way but uh you know get right. it done get it done and if if we were two dudes talking i bet there yes. wouldn't be any uh, <laughs> yeah. you know uh, in monkeys chattering in our brain about how, oh, no. Allison, you should have stayed with your friend. No, no. And, you know, I go back and forth. But the other thing I think is that when somebody does do much better than you, celebrate it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. that's the thing that I uh, would love to see more of. And and hopefully I think, you know, with, with some of the younger generations, you do see that. But, you mm -hmm. know, right on for them. My gosh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's celebrate. And, yeah, you know, I want, I want to hear all about it. It reminds me of the the marathon that you and I both ran in, uh, Eugene, yes. and you know I hit the wall big time, and uh, you passed me. I can visualize where it is. I'm not exactly. Maybe it was mile twenty four. Maybe it was twenty three. Oh, no, no, no. It was closer. We were oh. within sight of the finish line because I saw you. You were kind of a rabbit for me. It was it was probably about half a mile from the finish line oh, when okay. I when I caught up with you. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I think I was pretty obviously struggling at that point and you were just like, you know, stay strong or something like that. And you kept going and I didn't for a second think, oh, I wish you'd stayed with me, you know, like help me hobble to the finish line. And then when I did finally get there, I mean, you were there for me, literally there for me at the, at right after the finish, you yeah. and Monica both were, but, um, you know, uh, we all are ourselves We're we're one person and that's who we're getting across the finish line. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. you were in bad. Yeah. You were in bad shape. And that always mm -hmm. amused me because you were leaning on me. And one of the one of the officials came up and said, is she going to be OK? And I said, I think so. OK, fine. Turned around. <laughs> and, and I was like, ah, 
<laughs> Let me see if I can get her over here, poor thing, because you were spent. You didn't leave anything in the tank on that one. <laughs> I did not. That Eugene race, I did. I that was my goal to empty the tank, and it was you know fumes only carrying me yes. across that finish line. But but yeah. So so the the regret that I have for Boston was my second time running, which was 2016, and that. I fell into a just get it done mindset for about the last 10K. And as a result, I kind of made myself go into almost a visual tunnel so that I sort of cut down a little bit on my peripheral vision or so it felt to me. And so Mm. that I was just like, like eyes forward, kind of not soaking much in. And just because I was, I could tell that the tides were going to turn if I didn't get across that line pretty soon. And so as a result, I literally don't remember much along the the sides of me for that last 10K. And so I wish I had soaked in more, savored the experience more, um, despite being in a world of hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did it and we both enjoyed it and it's mm-hmm. a real experience, but uh, I can't wait to talk to Val about her experience. Yes. Man. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So as I said, this episode is all about the illustrious Boston Marathon. And as if uh, that's not enough that the race is finally happening once again on its proper time on the third Monday in April, which hasn't happened since 2019. This is also the 50th anniversary, 5-0, of the first official women's field, which in 1972 was comprised of eight finishers. Mm. And we are fortunate enough to have one of those finishers, Valerie Rogoszewski, as a guest, along with Chris Swanson, who is her cousin's daughter, which makes them cousins once removed. Um, Both women are running Monday's race. Ellison and I very much look forward to speaking with them one after another after this break. you got to stay with us. Thrive Cosmetics is the reason I've returned to regularly wearing makeup. Thrive Cosmetics offers luxury, high-performance cosmetics that highlight your best features and improve your skin over time. Two of my daily use Thrive Cosmetics products are Brilliant Eye Brightener, a cream to powder highlighter stick, which I now own in four colors, including a new shade called Pilly, a cool gold shimmer that I love. Also a new favorite, Sunproof 3-in-1 Invisible Priming Sunscreen with SPF 37. Its lightweight velvet matte formula is lovely solo or worn under foundation. Their products are made with clean, effective, skin-loving ingredients, and Thrive Cosmetics is certified as 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Thrive Cosmetics also has a bold mission that's truly bigger than beauty. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive, such as women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, and more. I appreciate a brand that helps me look good while it does good. Now is a great time to try Thrive Cosmetics for yourself with our exclusive offer, Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash AMR. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash AMR for 15% off your first order. Thrivecosmetics.com slash AMR. Whether it's a fresh latte, basking in warm spring sunlight, or listening to a sexy story, pleasure is all around us. With Dipsy, your sanctuary is waiting. Escape into a world where pleasure is your only priority. Dipsy, it's an app designed by women for women, and it's full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories. These stories bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to fuel your desire. And there are so many ways to search the app for fire you up stories. I love the hunks button, which offers up a menu of men, women, couples, and non-binary folks, including Freddie, a deep-voiced dom with a gentle side, Eve, a take-charge boxing instructor, and Theo, a talented chef and a total charmer. I'm a sucker for charm. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. So much to choose from. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash AMR, dipsystories.com slash AMR. Running and wine. If those are two of your favorite things, then the new Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler is your dream event. 
the Weinstein Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler, organized by the nonprofit Napa Valley Marathon and Half Marathon, is a new summer race in California wine country. This inaugural race, which starts and finishes at the Silverado Resort and Spa, happens on July 16, 2022, and you want to be part of the fun. Weinstein is run along the famed Silverado Trail, now a paved road, flanked on either side by rolling hills covered with grapevines and wildflowers. When I lived in California, I ran part of the course and it is truly breathtakingly beautiful. And you don't just get to look at the fruits of the vineyards. Every race participant gets a commemorative wine glass for unlimited post-race wine tastings featuring 12 to 20 local wineries. That is a spectacular number of wines to taste. Half marathon entries also include a bottle of wine from race partner Rebel Shine. Cheers! Both general registration for both the half marathon and the 3.9 miler also includes a technical tank or t-shirt from Recover Brands made from recycled materials and a wine-themed medallion. And you can feel good about your participation. Proceeds from the Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 miler support Napa Firewise and the Napa Valley Farmworker Foundation. Mark your race calendar for July 16 in Napa Valley, California, and register today. Save $15 off registration with code AMR15 at wineshinehalfmarathon.org. That's code AMR15 at wineshinehalfmarathon.org for $15 off. Well, as I mentioned, our first guest is one of the eight women to officially run the Boston Marathon in 1972. Valerie Rogoszewski. Valerie was 25 when she ran the fame course from Hopkinton to Boston, and it was her first marathon. Way to go big. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A Minnesota mother runner, Val, has finished in the top 10 of the Boston Marathon three times, chipping away substantially at her finish time every time, which we will talk about. This year, Val will be joined in running the race by several female family members, including her two daughters. Val, we are thrilled and honored to have you as a guest. Oh, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be here today. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I, I cannot tell you how excited I've been about this. Um, I'm about 10 years uh, younger than you, Val, and uh, what you did in 72 is awesome. And I'd like to kind of ask how you got started in running, because it was a lot different uh, than especially women getting into running than it is now. Oh, that's for sure. I would have to say that my starting running dated back to when I graduated from college. I was a physical education major in 1969, and a friend came and said, how fast can you run a mile? And I thought, well, I've never done that. I think I'll find out. (laughs) Uh, So I went to a track, and I could not even finish the mile. Of course, later I knew that it was more a matter of pacing than anything, but But still, I was really embarrassed that as a FIAD major, I could not finish that one mile. So I got the book by Bill Bowerman called Jogging, and I started jogging. (laughs) Not every day, but, you know, three, four times a week. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's amazing. And then you, so the first race you ran was Boston, is that correct? Well, I think I might have done a one-mile road race in D.C. area. Uh, We were... um, Phil was in the just finishing up in the army. He was at Fort Belvoir in the Alexandria, Virginia area. And um, and so I think I did that. And, you know, competition had not really been a part of my mindset all that time since there weren't any opportunities. And I was not a very creative thinker. I mean, I would go to my my little neighborhood friends um, little league game and cheer for him. And it never even crossed my mind that I should be playing, too, since we played softball all the time together. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. when at that race, there were only two of us women in that mile race. Wow. And um, it kind of ignited a little something in me. She was dressed in racing silks and spikes, and I had on my, my cotton t shirt and <laughs> sweatpants <laughs> and tennis shoes. And, uh, but I just tucked in be, behind her for the three and a half laps and then out kicked her at the end. And wow. boy, that felt kind of good, you know? And so that was. I think that might have been the beginning of my feeling like, boy, I think I might like this competition thing. Mm. Yeah. And you were, so you were one of two in that race. And then at Boston in 72, there were only eight of you. Yes. Yeah. Did our team that some of them, some of you were from around the same area? I think all, I I believe all seven of the other people were from out East Boston area. Uh, And I, I mean, I was living in DC, in the DC area then, but I'm from Minnesota and we were only there that one year while he was finishing up 
in the army. So I was really not connected to the, the running people out on the, on the East coast. Okay. And what was that like? Like, uh, take us back to like, did you all line up together? Oh yeah. They uh, actually had a spot right on the starting line for the eight of us to be nestled together off to the side. There were 1200 people that year. And that's sounds small compared to now, but boy, for me, I'd never seen that many runners at one place at one time. And it was, it was pretty overwhelming with the helicopters going overhead and yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a day. Mm. And how did you connect with them? I mean, how is it that you ended up with those seven women who are maybe more from the Boston area? Yeah, you know, I was thinking back uh, because I was training for the 72 Boston Marathon, not knowing that we'd be welcome. In oh. fact, my I had heard about the women that hid in the bushes, and that was my aim. I was going to go hide in the bushes, too, you know, and jump out and run. But then about, I don't know, two or three weeks before the marathon, the announcement came that we would be welcome. So I contacted somebody at the, at the BAA and I did get a call back from a man from the athletic association. And he mentioned that the other seven women had all run marathons. In fact, I believe they had all gone under three thirty. <laughs> so he asked about my training. And by that time, I think I had run 16 miles. And so he, he said, Oh, that sounds okay. You can come. So that was, <laughs> that was really nice. I was not even thinking about qualifying. <laughs> That was the, that was the qualifying time for men too. So women and men had to meet the same. I heard that. Yeah, I just I remember that. I think that's crazy. But. <laughs> wow. So he just was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds good enough. Why don't you come on down?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I didn't know how lucky I was actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then, what ended up being your longest training run before? I believe that was it. Oh, okay. (laughs) So so 10.2 miles short of what you were going to do on race day. The other little tiny problem is that I had gotten married in December of 71 at the end of December. And the night of my wedding, I just didn't feel very good. And I ended up that I was coming down with mono. So I spent the whole month of January in bed. So I had to do a little pickup training in February and March for the, for the marathon. Wow. Oh my gosh. What a way also to start out your married life. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I got a lot of mileage out of that joke actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Honey, you need to do all the tasks in the house for the rest of our marriage. You got so good at it during that first month, honey. Yeah. You don't want me to get sick again. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so then there you are, the eight of you off to one side with the, you know, I can't mm-hmm. even do the math of what a small percentage you were of those right. with the 1200 men there. So, so I can only imagine that all eyes must have felt like they were on you all. So, and I know that you've said that you felt none of you could walk during the race. Yeah. So, so can mm-hmm. you talk to us about that pressure and of being emblematic of your gender or something bigger than, than quote, just yeah. you during, you know, while running a race? Exactly. I think that was very evident to us all that we were Mm. representing women at that race. And so there was that pressure. And I don't believe we actually talked about this, but I think it was just thick in the air that Mm. none of us would quit and none of us would walk. Mm. And so, um, but it didn't feel like overwhelming pressure. I just think we were so excited to be there that I just took it as a given that I wasn't going to quit or walk. And I'm sure (laughs) everybody else felt the same way. And other people have asked, did I feel like I was competing against those women? And boy, not me. You know, they they probably had some some stuff going on, you know, because they had raced before. But all I wanted to do is get to the finish line in one piece. <laughs> when you finish in a very, I mean, you know, for, for it being, given everything, you finished in a very good time. Was- yeah, I thought it wasn't too bad. I mean, at the time, I thought it was slow, but. Looking back now, I think, oh, that wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah, it was 429, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so I adore that photo of you in the 1972 finish uh, finishers area. You look <laughs> yeah. so elated. And, I was. <laughs> oh, you looked just so darling and strong and confident. <laughs> um, so, but you have to detail what you're wearing in that picture. It, it looks like a sleeveless tee and chinos that somebody today might like play golf or garden in not not run 26.2 miles well that's not the most interesting thing is my pants frankly yes yes for sure okay yeah yeah that Mm -hmm. uh, they were they were blue nylon swedish orienteering pants (laughs) 
my gosh. I think they were recommended by my husband because I often, even when I'm skinny, I have trouble with my thighs chafing. And so he said, oh, that'll be just the deal for you. So, and it was sort of a hot day. So that was really a bad choice. Oh my gosh. Orienteering pants. I didn't realize that was a subcategory of fitness apparel. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it is anymore. I don't know. (laughs) I think the, I think the boon in uh, orienteering has weighed, you know, waned since then. Yeah. Maybe here, but boy, in Sweden, it's still big. They have huge championships. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. So, and then the, do you remember what the t-shirt was? Please tell me it wasn't cotton again. Oh, sure. Oh, it sure was. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And just a regular bra. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, my shoes were men's. Uh, they were marathon shoes. They were the Tiger Marathon model. But okay, they were the men's Asics. shoes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> ouch. That makes me. Oh. So uh, I'm hoping that this year, can can we ask what you'll be wearing? And I'm, I'm sure it'll be somewhat of an improvement. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially <laughs> the shoes. Yeah. I really like the Hoka shoes that have that padded uh, yes. foot. Mm-hmm. That's my brand. Yay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And they're yeah. so light. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that that's nice. Um, and the pants, it looks like it's going to be what in the fifties on marathon day. So oh, I think I'm going to wear some uh, three quarter length um, stretch pants with yeah. side pockets. Uh-huh. The shirt, yeah. I think my daughter is kind of arranging some shirts for us, okay. which is a little scary because it's going to be a shirt I haven't run in. So mm. I'm kind of hoping it's cool enough that I can wear a, a long sleeve, like a turtleneck or something underneath this mm. scratchy, cool shirt she's figuring out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you have you did return to Boston uh, in two sub, subsequent years with much faster times. Yeah. What was it like to see the race morph for women in those ensuing years? Oh, yeah, that was fun. Well, one fun fact from the very next year, 1973, is that I went back to my hometown of, well, where we were living at the time, St. Cloud, Minnesota. And I, I talked two friends into coming back with me in 73. Mm. So the, the three of us represented 20% of the <gasps> women's field that year. Oh, my word. Because oh we my. had grown from eight people to 15 people. Wow. Ring the bell. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I, I, I'm looking at your finish times. You cut off a full almost 50 or 40 minutes, excuse me, in 73. But mm. then the next year, you cut an additional Oh my gosh, like over 40 minutes. So I started thinking that just happened. Every time you ran a marathon, you'd get that much better. Oh, oh I wish. <laughs> I wish. Yes. Well, I felt like that's not true because 74 was my peak and I just didn't know it. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you ran at 309, that's yeah, that's, that's a amazing. long way from 429. That is oh. unreal. So did you do just do some different training did you just do more mileage and longer mileage or yeah after after 72 I really I liked marathoning and I knew that I could do better because I hadn't done a lot of training for that race Mm -hmm. so I did I did more consistent and and I kept building my mileage and then after 74 when I got that 309 I thought boy I'm close to going under three I think I can do it Mm -hmm. and so from 74 to 77 I really I really trained hard. And the, um, the, the first ever national women's marathon championship was in Minneapolis in 1977. Oh. Oh, wow. and, uh, and the reason they don't do that anymore, but the reason they did it then is that they were, they were really pushing to get the marathon uh, entered. I mean, as, a, as one of the events in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And so this was going to spotlight all the interest in women's marathoning. So for about 20, 18 to 20 weeks before that event, I was going over 70 miles a week and I just felt really strong and this was going to be it. I was going under three hours and 10 days before the event, I got sick. I got a really deep chest cold and I probably shouldn't have run at all, but I did anyway. I got a 314. Uh, Mm. But but what happened after that is that um, I sort of had an immune system crash. I I. I got um, asthma. I got chronic rhinitis. I my body just was not doing as uh, as well as it had been before. So I pretty much stopped my competitive training in 1977. Wow! Hmm. Wow! Hmm. Wow! And then uh, when when did you have your daughters then? In uh, 79 and 83. Okay. Okay. 
So, so over the years after those three Boston marathons, then, you know, after your training leading up to that 77 national championship, would you ever tap into that feeling you gained from those experiences? Like, did you carry the spirit of those marathons with you in other aspects of your life? Oh, I think that's 100% true. You know, mm. um, I really had an interest in the, the science of running really? as well. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up getting a PhD in exercise physiology. And wow. I'm sure like during those years, you know, of my study, I mean, there were times when I was really discouraged. I remember a physiology class I took. I took physiology with the med school. And the first unit was like about the, the chemistry of physiology. And I was really struggling. And this was going to be like a, a full year course. And this was like the first unit. And I thought, there's no way I can keep doing this. Uh -huh. But little did I know that first unit was the hardest unit of the whole course. Mm. So just, um, just this feeling that just hang in there, see what happens, you can do it. Mm. Yeah. So that, mm -hmm. that helped. And I think later on then, uh, when I was worried about, you know, having knee trouble, we started, uh, I started long distance hiking, backpacking. And my husband ended up joining me. And so we, we did some really nice hikes together. We did the Appalachian Trail over five years. And oh, we wow. did the Camino in Spain. Oh, yeah. So that was good. Yeah, like Nice, nice. Yeah. And then I had heard from um, Chris, your cousin once removed, that yeah. uh, that you had um, completed the Appalachian Trail. And mm. um, so then how much running did you do between 77 and then when you um, came back? For the 25th. I'd say I kept running. Um, you know, the asthma kept me from from competing, but I just mm -hmm. loved running so much mm -hmm. that I kept recreationally running, mm -hmm. and you know, several times a week. And then, of course, the long distance walking was sort of related. Mm -hmm. So I would say I I kind of stayed tuned in all those years, mm -hmm. but it was maybe five years ago I thought, wow, that'd be cool to fire up and go back in fifty <laughs> years, but I didn't get serious until about a year and a half ago. Okay. And that's what I thought, I'm going to do this. I, uh, but I did use the term, I'm going to hold this goal lightly. Mm. Because in some ways, it seemed, you know, a little, a little out of reach since I hadn't trained for a race in so long. Mm -hmm. But, um, but that, that, that mantra, hold this goal lightly, but just set to work as if it's going to happen. I mm. think that that helped. Mm. That's awesome. And do you have a, a race strategy for Monday? Are you going to be? Oh, uh, I do. <laughs> are you going to be sticking with your daughters and Chris too? Or what's yeah, the... my race strategy is the Jeff Galloway method of mm. run walk. Oh, yes. And mm -hmm. I embraced that about six months ago. And did mm -hmm. that ever make a difference? I mean, it not only does it my do my joints feel better, but it speeded me up mm. because uh, the only pace I could hold, you know, for a long time was a very slow pace. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even run walk, I'm going slow, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but the main difference is when I'm running now, I'm running fast enough that it feels like my old self. It feels oh. coordinated, it feels flowing, fluid, <laughs> you know, and then of course, I do that for 30 seconds. And then I walk for 30 seconds. <laughs> then yeah. I do it again. Uh -huh. but if I was just plain running, I'm going so slow, it doesn't even feel good. It feels clunky and like it's not even running. Mm. Well, I saw um, one of the news stories about you, and you certainly looked very fluid running in that. And I was like, wow, look at, look, look at that. That's awesome. <laughs> I also have to say that I love that you were 25 when it when you ran in 72. And so then yeah. when you came back 25 years later, you've made the math very easy. So thank I know, you on that I one. Yeah. There's something so, um, yeah, so like round, roundish yeah. number about this. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, uh, so, that, so that then you did come back for the 25th anniversary of women officially running the race yes, yeah. um, at age 50, but I understand you had to drop out midway, so. Yeah, but that was planned, but that's one of the oh. things that was really difficult to do. I, oh. I was having knee problems. And so okay. when I uh, contacted the Boston Athletic Association to see if they'd give me a number, mm -hmm. I admitted that I wasn't going to be able to finish. I was oh. going to have to drop out about halfway. And they said, oh, that's fine. Come anyway. Mm. So um, so I did. But I got to say, that was the first race I've ever dropped out of. And, yeah. and even though I had planned it, it really felt rotten. <laughs> yeah. Particularly, did people say something like, or did people seem concerned? Like, oh, can I help you? Like, I must feel like you'd have to wear a sign that says, I'm planning on dropping yeah, out yeah. at the halfway point. <laughs> well, not really. It's not that unusual. They have little, um, all along the way, even 25 years ago, they mm -hmm. had um, like first aid tents. Yeah, and all yeah. you do is just pull into those and there's cars there to bring you back to the finish and you're good to go. Yeah. That was a very somber ride back. There were like three or four others mm. in the 
I don't know if it was a van or what it was, but yeah, that's people are feeling bad. And even though mine was planned, I still felt just as bad as they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet that was, yeah, that not, not a very happy mood in that van. <laughs> um, so, and then how's your training gone through the Minnesota winter? Oh, I had to be careful because yeah. now at 75, slipping and falling is one of my main, main concerns. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so I, I really have to thank the, uh, the Midtown YWCA because on those days when it was too icy, uh, I would just head there and I didn't care what my schedule called for. If it was icy, I just would not take a chance. Good. Mm -hmm. One time I had to, I had did 17 miles indoors at the YWC. Uh, oh, we've all been, I don't think I've done that much indoors, but I'll tell you. Oh, that's oh, that's is that on an indoor track or is that on a treadmill? Yeah, it was actually a nice track. It's uh, six laps to the mile, so it's one of the nicer oh. tracks inside. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I and here I was complaining about doing it on a treadmill. Oh, hats oh, a treadmill off. would be really awful. Yeah. So, oh, oh my I gosh, I love. I love that you each have different ideas of what's yeah. awful. Like, yeah. like I, we need yeah. treadmill teams so indoor track. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. We're two opposite ends of the coin. If I had to do that many 17 times 60, what is that, 102? Yeah, oh. I don't know. Oh, oh, I think I had, I, I had little buttons in my pocket. I kept, oh. each lap, I'd put a button in the other pocket. No, you would not. You, is that really how you kept count? Yeah. <laughs> well, my GPS did not work very well at all indoors. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I had to kind of kind of keep track, too. Oh, you know. uh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Or you need like a, a little bracelet, like, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Portable abacus. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, I mean, where are you going to be starting on Monday? Do they have a special place for you to start or... Do you know what the fun thing is? Um, they, um, the Boston Athletic Association, uh, asked if I would fire the gun for the elite <gasps> women. Wow. Oh, that is wow. so cool. Not only am I honored to do that, but for me personally, it means I get to hang out in a, in a warm house with a toilet. And, <laughs> and they're actually letting me and the girls start right after the elite women. So I'm starting about two hours earlier than I thought I'd be able to. Sweet. Yeah. Score. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah. Athletes Village can be a little rough on the playing the oh. waiting game there. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, we are so excited to follow along with you on Monday. What do you know your bib number yet? Yes. So sweet. They gave me the bib number 1972. Oh, oh that's fabulous. That is great. Oh, boy. <laughs> Man, I cannot wait. Yeah, we'll be tracking you and cheering you on from afar. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This has really been fun. Oh, lovely to talk with you, Val. And um, best of luck to you on Monday. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Chris Swanson is our next guest. As I've mentioned, she's Val's cousin once removed on her father's side. A resident of Washington, D.C. and a mom of four cats, Chris describes herself on Twitter as a lapsed ultra runner. We'll dig into that. Um, thanks for joining us, Chris. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Now, I understand that, uh, like so many of us, you decided you'd run one marathon, famous last words, and uh, you've now run 26. Uh, tell me a little bit about your running background. Yeah, famous last words indeed. Um, I guess it started in college, if I go back that far. Uh, back in the day, aerobics were all the rage, and I was not into it. <laughs> so my roommates and I would go to the local campus rec center by our apartment that had the university track. And I would run, I don't know, four, maybe five laps around the track. And that was sort of my limit. I didn't think I could do more than a mile. Um, and so I did that for several years. Um, it wasn't until graduate school, I had a roommate who was a runner and she thought, well, you know, you should try taking this outside. <laughs> so I thought, all right. So I decided to start running outdoors and I think I made it about two miles, but it was as far as I thought I could go. Um, and it really wasn't until I think I moved to DC in 98. And so right before I moved out here, I had interned in DC before and met a friend who, he was a big time runner and he convinced me to sign up for a 5k. And I thought, 
there is no way I'm ever going to be able to finish a 5k, like I, two miles is my max. And that is it. And with some cajoling, you know, some really strong words of encouragement, um, I finished my first 5k and I was over the moon about it. I mean, Val grew up in a running family. I did not grow up in a running family. I didn't really know anybody had done a 5k before. So the fact that I had completed one, I was just amazed. And I think I called everybody I knew to tell them what I had accomplished. Awesome. Uh, and so I moved, you know, I moved to DC a month or two later and I met, I, uh, met, um, I moved to DC a month or two later and I met a friend through work. Who's one of my dearest friends to date. And she came from a running family. And so we started just running local five K's together. Um, she's the one that talked to me into doing a 10 K similarly. I thought there's no way I'm ever <laughs> going to be able to do a 10 K that felt so far. And uh, <laughs> if I recall, she'll have to correct me on this if I'm wrong, but I think our first, my first 10K was in the rain mm. and I was wearing cotton and it was Ooh. cold. So yeah. And so then, okay, 10Ks, I can do that. And then she talked me into, are you sensing a pattern here? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, easily, yes. You know, I'm easily persuadable. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk to you about yeah. that, possibly uh, <laughs> investing in a scheme I've got here. It's got the trench coat. Let me talk you into this. Um, yeah. And so she's like, hey, Cherry Blossom is coming up, uh, the big race in DC. It just happened this past weekend or on the third. Anyway, she said, Cherry Blossom's coming up. We should really do this 10 miler. And at this point, I'm like, what have I got to lose? <laughs> I hadn't really trained for it. Um, but we did the 10 miler. I couldn't walk for two days. Uh, <laughs> and so the next year I said, I really am kind of liking this distance thing. It was fun. The cherry blossoms are out. So I actually registered the following year. I trained for it. And I think I shaved 15 or 20 minutes off my time nice. and even better. I actually could walk the next day. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it all started. Just get, yeah. get friends who talk you into things and yeah. you know, you oh, can't yeah. say no and you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. I've been there. I've been there. So now with 26 marathons under mm -hmm. your belt, this is this your first Boston? It is my first Boston. I, mm -hmm. yes. So I pretty much resigned myself to the fact that I would probably never qualify for Boston. Um, unless I quit my job, hired a full-time personal trainer, hired a full-time personal chef and just mm -hmm. devoted every, you know, weight living moment, um, to qualify for Boston. No, I had, um, I had thought, um, that I would probably run it through charity. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to get my mar world marathon major six stars. Mm -hmm. And so I had sort of resigned myself to the fact that if I was ever going to run Boston, it would be through charity. Um, so yeah, this is my first time and mm. wow. <laughs> wow. There wow. are really no words to describe, uh, what I'm feeling about this experience. So awesome. Awesome. Well, well quickly, before we move on to Boston, I have to ask why no more ultra marathons now, you know, I haven't fully ruled it out. I, um, I just, uh, you know, in the mid 2000s, I fell into a, a trail running group here in DC and I had a lot of friends that were running ultras. And I thought, well, again, why not? I think I probably got talked into them, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, I'll have to go back and investigate that, that origin story. But yeah, no, um, I just, you know, I had run several marathons and I thought, well, let me just try a 50K. I had fallen, I had started doing trail running um, and really, really liked trail running. I thought that was a lot of fun. It was easier on the body. Mm -hmm. um, so I did a couple local 50Ks um, just to see if I could do it. And a lot of my ultra running friends were running 50 milers, 100 milers. I crewed a couple hundred milers and thought, you know what, let me give this a go as well. And so mm -hmm. I signed up, I had been meant, I had been sort of loosely coaching a running group. And one of my coach friends was a big time ultra runner. And she taught actually, yes, she talked me into running the JFK 50 mile, <laughs> um, which I did three times. And wow. yeah, I still would love to do the bull run 50 miler that actually just happened this past weekend here in DC. That's still on my bucket list. So I may at some point come out of ultra running retirement and train for that one, but we'll see. I got to get through Boston first. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so over the years, as, as you were getting peer pressured into all these races by your friends, um, <laughs> did, did you also look toward Val for inspiration in your running? And, you know, did you ever think about how much running and running races have changed for women since she ran Boston 1972? Absolutely. I always, I always knew Val and her family were always the athletic side of the family, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I had, I had known about Val's accomplishments and I had known about her running Boston. Um, so I knew that story. Mm -hmm. I didn't know a lot of the backstory. So it's been fun for me just reading all of the press that she's been getting and mm -hmm. with this race coming up to start hearing pieces of that backstory. Mm -hmm. So that's been really exciting. Um, but yeah, I just have memories of being up at our, up our family cabins and, you know, they were always on the move and, you know, <laughs> running here and going here. And that just, you know, always, I thought was very inspiring that, you know, how um, much they enjoyed being outdoors and moving. And, and so I had a loose understanding of what Val and um, her husband, Phil had accomplished. Um, one of their daughters went to college where I went to college um, mm. and she played soccer. So it was always known that they were the, the sporty side of the family. <laughs> um, and as I started to learn more about, I knew that this was a big Boston for the 50th anniversary and I knew Val was going to be a part of it in some capacity. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really given it much thought though, uh, until she reached out to me and said, Hey, if I could get you entry, would you be interested mm. in running Boston? Mm. And then that's when a lot of this really started to really started as I started thinking about it, how much this actually means, not only Boston and 50 years of women running, but running has been such a big part of my life, um, marathoning in, in particular. And all of this happened in my lifetime. <laughs> and mm. so just the fact that it's only been 50 years since women have been able to go up to a race and register because they felt like running it. Um, mm -hmm. None of that's lost on me that what these women did, what Val did 50 years ago has just absolutely changed the course of running for, for everybody, but especially for women. And it's personal to me. It's personal to my friends and it's personal because Val's family. So it's just to be a part of this is just an absolute honor. And I'm very grateful for the women that pioneered and, and really made this possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, and how, how is your training going? <laughs> Ask Val and you can look at our text messages that are going back and forth. Um, you know, better than I ex expected when I first found out that this was happening. Like I mentioned, Val reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in running Boston? And my first thought was absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Sign me up. <laughs> and then after it sunk in a little bit, I thought, what? what are you thinking? <laughs> I, uh, I'm not in marathon shape. Um, you know, I hadn't been running more than two or three miles, you know, toward the end of 2021, I was actively in physical therapy for a leg oh, issue, wow. which I'm still kind of dealing with. Um, and we didn't really find out officially that we got in until mid January. In fact, I remember I was coming back from visiting Minnesota and I was on the plane cobbling together my long run schedule, <laughs> you know, from mid-February to mid-April. Um, and there was at one point I thought, you know, what, are you, why are you, you, there's no way you're going to be able to finish this given all these factors, you know, compressed training schedule injury, um, you haven't been running. And I almost got to the point where I almost took my name out of the hat and said, look, I just, I don't think I can do this. Mm. And then I stopped and I said, you know what? this is such a momentous occasion. This mm -hmm. is going to be such an honor to be there and share this experience. You, I, I have to give it a go. I have to give it a try. And, you know, if I don't make it, at least I said I tried. And so <laughs> that's really when I told my running friends, I'm like, all right, ladies, we're doing this. Um, I'm going to be training who's with me. And it's been hard. Um, I still my leg still hurts <laughs> and I'm a lot slower than I used to be, but you know what? It's been a journey and I forgot how I had ran my last marathon in 2017. And I, mm. I forgot how much I enjoy training. Mm. I love the ritual of the marathon. I love the setting your gear out the night before a long run and 
texting your friends about what should we wear? We don't, mm. this temperature is like a weird temperature and just, you know, getting up early and it just all of that that goes into training for a marathon really came flooding back to me. And I, mm. I remember thinking, this is, I missed this. Yeah. And so it's been hard. And at the same time, I've just loved every minute of it. <laughs> oh, that's like a marathon mantra. It's been hard, but I've loved every minute yeah. of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. More long runs, please. <laughs> um, so what are you most looking forward to on Marathon Monday? To be honest with you, um, Val being the start to the elite women's race, mm-hmm. I think is going to really be the moment that I realized, wow, this is happening. And, you know, I'm kind of hoping to fangirl some of the elite women who are going to be there. Right? Like, I will probably have my camera out, be taking pictures. But yeah, I think that's, I think her being up there, I'm assuming there's going to be some pageantry around it. Yeah. And just really seeing, I know Val's talked about you know, when she ran it, there were eight and there's mm-hmm. now like 14,000. And so just really seeing that in action, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be incredibly moving. And I'm really hoping I don't cry. <laughs> oh, I think, um, I think I you do, have to, you, know you have what? to cry. Like, you have to cry yeah. for all of us. You have to yeah. cry. Yeah. And then we get to start and I just taking those first few steps. I think it's really going to hit me mm-hmm. what, what this all entails. So that I'm really excited about that. And Val just texted me the forecast. So I'm hoping it holds because it looks like it's going to be good for race day. So I'm knocking on all the wood and crossing on all the fingers <laughs> or crossing all my fingers. Yeah. And just to, just to see her start those women off knowing that yes. she, she was the one who led them, you know, that she is part Absolutely. of the reason they can be there mm-hmm. and that all of us can be there, you know? Yep. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what are, what are you going to be wearing on race day? Do, do you get in on the special shirts that that Val's daughters are doing? <laughs> well, you know, I'll find out. Um, I was telling my husband. I think we're driving, uh, okay. so I think I'm going to pack like four outfits. I have some combinations of, <laughs> yes. you know, because literally it like might be a game day decision: capris, shorts, t-shirt, mm-hmm. arm warmers. Yeah, I'll probably change my mind six times before I go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know your number offhand? I think, I think it's seven, seven, three, five, but I, that could be somebody else. So somebody okay. else, I apologize if that's your number and not my number, but for some reason, I don't know, for some reason that stuck in my head. So, okay. If not, the person's yeah, going to be like, luck. wow, I got all these mother runners yeah, following everyone's me. Everyone's like, what? Yeah, these... yeah. Anyway, so I. Yeah. We're we're just going to go with that until proven otherwise. (laughs) Okay. Well, Chris, it's been lovely talking with you and thank you so much for reaching out. Um, I think you reached out on Twitter maybe to Dimity to suggest um, the two of you be a guest. So just really, however you connected with Dimity, Dimity then passed the word over to me. So thank you so much for um, connecting us to Val and for being on yourself. And we are just going to be cheering ourselves hoarse for the two of you on Marathon Monday. Oh, thank you. I'm sure we will feel all the energy coming our way. So I appreciate it. Great, great, great. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, you might have wondered where Ellison went through all that. It was dinner time on the East Coast. We recorded later than usual. So she had to hop to dine with her grandkids and her daughter. So wow, what a delight that conversation was. Um, Oh, um, so if now you're fired up to run a marathon or any race distance from you know, you can be like Chris and start with a 5K, move all the way up to an ultra because we got training plans for them all in the Train Like a Mother Club on our website, anothermotherrunner.com. It's, you don't just get a training plan. Oh, no. It comes with support from coaches, amazing swag, motivation, private Facebook group, um, Strava Club, the whole bit. It really is um, the inspiration, the motivation, and the information that you need to get to that finish line with a smile on your face and hopefully still have it on your face when you cross the finish line. So check it out at anothermotherrunner.com and click on the training tab on the top. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. And if you're running Boston, we are cheering for you too.